So the RBA did lift interest rates and now the expectation is there's more to come. We'll look at what's driving that sentiment today. And just because the RBA did, does that mean the Bank of Canada will as well? After all, inflation everywhere is coming down much slower than anyone expected. And some figures from the OECD are supporting that and the recovery is going to take longer. Numbers from the World Bank are forecasting that. So in that environment, what will Philip Lowe say this morning? And will the press be nice to him? It's Wednesday, the 7th of June, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar has edged up a little overnight. It's up 0.1%, up a third of 1% at its peak. But the standout, well, that was the Aussie dollar up 0.9% this morning, almost to 66.8 US cents. The euro, meanwhile, down 0.2%. The pound is down 0.1%. Not much bond action. Ten-year treasury yields are up just one basis point in Germany. And most of Europe, they're down one. Aussie 10 years up just two basis points yesterday to 3.8%. And they stuck there on futures overnight. Three years, though, shut up eight basis points on the RBA decision yesterday. Uh, Yields there at the highest point since last November. And stocks quite mixed. The Dow marginally up at close. The S&P was in the red most of the session, but it crept up a quarter percent. The Nasdaq up 0.4%. Financials doing particularly well in the United States. And uh, shares up for Europe as well. Only just for the Euro stocks 50, though, but up 0.4% for the FTSE 100 and 0.2% for the DAX. And oil is falling. That is going to annoy the Saudi Energy Minister Brent and WTI both down 0.7% today. So it's Taylor's turn today. Taylor Nugent joins us from NAB in Melbourne. And Taylor, now we know the RBA did do it. We said it was uh, a, a line ball call yesterday, but we know now a quarter percent rise, which is not what the market was expecting. But obviously, I mean, the, the RBA is clearly worried the inflation is not under control yet. Yeah, good, good morning, Phil. You know, RBA did you know, resolve that that uncertainty. It was it was a finely balanced decision in in our view. Full disclosure, we formally had it penciled in for July, but you know, we're noting that we wouldn't be surprised to see it come um, come earlier in in June. And our call had been that you know the RBA would be moving higher from here, and it was a matter of of when and and not if. Um, in the event yesterday, they they did move in in um, in June, and given that they came back and did kind of two consecutive rate increases after a pause and those concerns about upside risks to inflation are you know very much um, front of mind in, in their thinking and, and come through in the the statement as well we have um, increased our call as well and so we're now expecting expecting one more hike to, to 435 by August with with the risk they may need to do more from there yeah so these services inflation isn't it that they're particularly worried about not just in Australia but of course you know they can look overseas because it's you know everyone's having difficulty getting it under control yeah that that's right so the the concern really is around that that just the risks that inflation doesn't um, doesn't play ball and and follow that what the RBA has you know fairly optimistically called a, a glide path back to back to two to three percent. It it may not be quite that smooth and and the RBA's approach and you know their their communicated strategy of moving more slowly than other central banks potentially not needing to do as much and focusing more on maintaining those gains in the labour market while tolerating um, higher inflation for longer than some other central banks were willing to tolerate. Um, clearly, there's there's cracks emerging um, in in that framework as well, and so it does seem like their mm. their confidence that you know that that narrow we could get away with that that narrow path 
um, of, of not moving rates as deep into restrictive territory of some, as some other central banks. Confidence there is is fading in the in the statement. The final paragraph was was still was unchanged from the May meeting, and so that bias towards more hikes certainly remains. And certainly, one thing that that caught my eye was there has been a, a fairly formulaic nod to inflation expectations um, in the the post meeting statement for some time since July 2022 up until the May meeting it was unchanged that medium term inflation expectations remain well anchored that was that was missing in in the uh, in the post meeting statement yesterday and and replaced with kind of you know a bit of a a longer discussion about um, the the risks of inflation entrenching too high and and wage and price setting behaviour shifting. So those concerns definitely elevated. Right. And and what I thought was interesting in that statement as well, this whole new chunk that was added about why it's important to to fight inflation, almost as though they'd put it in there. And I'll read it to you. You know, it's the argument is it erodes the value of savings, hurts family budgets, makes it harder for businesses to plan and invest and worsens income inequality. Not the sort of thing you normally see in one of those statements. All of that was stuck in. And I think that is probably because they are worried about what the reaction to this and perhaps the next one is going to be as well. And they wanted something that journalists could uh, pick up because obviously, you know, it's all over the press today. He's not having an easy time of it. Uh, there's talk about the tensions between Philip Lowe and uh, Jim Chalmers as well, all that kind of stuff. Plus, plus, you know, lots of this reporting about the fact there will be another rate rise. And Philip Lowe talking at uh, the Morgan Stanley Australia Summit at the Four Seasons in Sydney. So that's going to be interesting because there is a there is a Q&A session as part of that. So... Uh, no doubt he'll be quizzed a lot on this and how much, how many more, uh, how long is it going to take, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that will be that will be very important. So speaking from from twenty past nine the, this morning, um, that just for that that fuller understanding of how the RBA's thinking has has shifted and and what their what their decision making process was to to come back in in June after you know communicating that they you know quite purposefully slowed down the the cadence of hikes to to get more time to to watch the incoming information come in when they when they did do that pause in April. Um, and you know, as you noted there, that kind of that focus and that firmness in the the need to get inflation down and not have inflation expectations move higher is certainly getting more airtime in um in in the statement and in RBA communication recently as well. Where has earlier they were you know kind of playing both sides by talking about taking this slower approach, tolerating higher inflation for longer and. In, in the hope of maintaining more gains in the labour market, um, while at the same time talking about the, the more painful adjustment that would be needed if some of these upside risks were realised. Um, it'll be interesting to hear from, from Lowe today and, and through the Q&A probably especially just how much that, that thinking has shifted and whether there's a more meaningful shift in, in approach about how much risk they're willing to leave to the upside of their, their current projections. So we saw the ASX 200 fall 1.2% yesterday on the, on the news. I mean, it has been holding up pretty well this year. And yet, you know, in the United States, of course, equities have been rising in the face of inflation and rate rises. No guarantee, of course, that that is going to happen in Australia. It is peculiar that it's happening in the United States. Uh, we had the OECD-wide uh, inflation figures as well yesterday for April. They say year-on-year headline CPI has fallen to 7.4% from 7.7% a month earlier. Core inflation is still at 7.1%. It's only down ever so slightly from the month before. 
And food inflation, even though it's fallen almost 2%, it's still up there at 12.1%. So that tells us how widespread this is. Across the OECD, these numbers are very slow moving and still very high, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That kind of challenge of um, of more persistent inflation is is a feature in a lot of other advanced economies and, and kind of across the world at the moment. And I think that's, you know, part of the part of the, you know, that overseas experience of sticky services inflation was was certainly a feature in the RBA's thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And look at the World Bank yesterday, the Global Economic Prospects Report. I mean, they are basically, they are pushing back the recovery, aren't they? So they, the GDP for the US, for example, they reckon real GDP will grow 1.1% this year, uh, but just 0.8% next year, which is half what they had projected back in January. Uh, but they have up their forecast for China, 57 six percent this year compared to 4.3 percent in their january forecast because they've seen the real numbers so they uh, they're doing a bit of this aren't they sort of pushing the numbers up for this year uh but taking them down for next year so headline uh, the global growth is going to go from 3.1 percent this year to 2.1 percent next year so even though we're all hoping rates are going to come down next year uh, they're not saying recession though but they are basically pushing back that recovery it seems yeah, not not too many surprises in that in that um, in that report from from the World Bank. Some of the the stronger momentum in, into the start of this year has seen some upward revisions to to growth in in the near term, but then still looking for um, a more material slowing in the second half of, of this year. And that near term upgrade to growth kind of you know balanced by a, a downgrade over over twenty twenty four as well. Um, still noting um, downside risks and, and possibility of you know, a, a re-emergence or more widespread banking turmoil or or a, bit, or a larger than expected pass-through of tighter monetary policy to growth as well as, as risks to the outlook there. Right. Well, Australia growth, of course, we get the Q1 GDP today. We've uh, we've seen quite a few of the partials already, so we must have a pretty good handle on what that number is going to be today, don't we? Uh, you know, ho- hopefully there's still, you know, there's still a big part of the, the GDP picture still to come in. And, you know, we have some, some pretty good partial data on on the investment side and on the trade side as well, which is which has firmed up that that picture a little bit. Um, the the detru- um, subtraction from uh, net exports came in a little bit smaller than had been anticipated yesterday as well, and so that reduces some of those risks that we might um, get a, a negative print today. But you know, a big part of that consumption picture and that very important services consumption picture through the first quarter um, is still still released, and the the partial indicators for that aren't aren't um, exactly as as um, certain as as some of the some of the other um, things that feed into this picture, so expectations there we're looking for a 0.2 percent quarter on quarter outcome, which would be 2.3 percent over the year, um, and that's marginally below consensus for a, a 0.3. With the we RBA don't want it any more. We don't on, want it any more than that, do we? We want to see it soften because we want you know we, we we want to see the the RBA looking and going well, demand softening, therefore we don't need to do quite so much. Yeah, yeah. So certainly, you know, expectations are for consumption growth to be to be slowing, and the RBA expects consumption growth to be slowing as well. And so, you know, you would you would need to see that in in this data to be consistent with with that outlook. And certainly, expectations are that we we will see it. Um, also, in that release, we get um, updated earnings and and unit labor mm. costs and productivity data, which with the RBA kind of very focused on um, that growth in in unit labor costs and lack of productivity at the moment will be. 
be in focus as well. Yeah. All right. Well, earnings slower, productivity up. That's what we'd like to see, isn't it? Let's. Uh, let's. Um, I'm not sure we'll get that. But anyway, uh, Japan quite a slowdown yesterday. So household spending down 4.4 percent year on year in April from a 1.9 percent drop the month before, and cash earnings have gone up just one percent. So their earnings up one percent, spending down four point four percent. Is this are Japanese people being very obliging and they're cutting back on their spending because they want to keep inflation in check? Uh, yeah. So the the spending numbers do kind of you know I guess reflect some of that some of that squeeze from from real income pressures. I think you know the most important thing out of that data that we got yesterday was those cash earnings numbers, with the the Bank of Japan communication being being very clear that um, they need to see higher wages growth to be comfortable that inflation will um, be sustainably at, at their target going forward. And, and that's a, a prerequisite to stepping away from that ultra easy monetary policy stance that they have in place. And as you said, real real cash earnings there up 1% year on year. Um, that was below the consensus for a 1.8% gain. And so, you know, the expectation there was that some of those um, outcomes of spring wage talks would have already been feeding through in the April data. Um, still early days, a lot a lot more of them were, um, you know, mostly coming through through the May data and, and even bleeding into to June as well. So still early days, but certainly kind of a, a disappointing start for, for that wages outcome. And when we think about, you know, the risk, the, you know, the outside risk that the BOJ might tweak that YCC stance as, as soon as June, that probably um, pull, comes back a, a little bit um, with, with this result and, you know, needing more data and, and you know, probably the, the July meeting alongside that new forecast update. Um, if a, a tweak is coming soon, looks looks um, you know more likely than than June at this stage right and China's trade numbers are out today the question is will imports bounce back and will exports hold I mean presumably low imports means less investment because a chunk of that obviously are going to be commodities which would be uh, investment directed uh, so there's that going on and also the question of you know what will the government do if the economy is slowing will the government and the PBOC do more I mean we've already been hearing about how they're trying to do more to improve the liquidity for banks so so that they can lend more, assuming, of course, that there are people and businesses that are willing to take out lane, uh, take out loans. There's always that, isn't there? Yeah, the, the trade data are important. Again, you know, that focus on how that Chinese data is evolving with concern about the outlook and, and also whether, you know, it is weak enough to kind of force the, the policymakers' hands into to moving a bit more quickly. It's a fairly gradual approach to, to further support for the economy that they're taking at the moment. And you mentioned there, there were reports yesterday that um, state banks have been requested to, to lower deposit rates. And so that um, is, you know, another step along along that process towards more easing it did um it did weigh on the um the remimbi as well which um you know um, depreciated for the the third con- consecutive day and and that um that you know does suggest that kind of you know some further further support and and, li- and liquidity support could be in in the pipeline from from policymakers worth mentioning as as well there that um that uh, fall in the in the one took some of the shine off the the increase in the Aussie as well, but it was still um, by 
by you know far and away the the best performing G10 currency overnight on that on that uh, yesterday on on the back of that RBA decision up 0.8 uh, percent and and comfortably above 66 cents now after it you know fell just below 65 a, a week ago so mm. up over over three percent from its, its low last Had week a bit of ground to catch up with didn't it really now look uh, German industrial production today that obviously is going to be linked somewhat to the to the prospects for China we also get the US trade balance today uh, in fact we only really have data from the US this week to to try and drive the markets because Fed speakers are being kept quiet until the next meeting they can't speak to anyone I'm not sure what they do they stick them in a monastery for a week perhaps uh, or make just a good excuse for a holiday uh, and the Bank of Canada same question that we had for uh, the RBA will they or won't they given yesterday and how that turned out uh, maybe they will even though everyone's expecting that perhaps they won't What's it going to be? Yeah, reasonably finely balanced for for the Bank of Canada as well. Um, only eight of thirty four analysts pick a hike, so you know consensus is leaning towards a, a pause there. Um, and market pricing um, has you know a bit over a forty percent chance of a um, a hike in June, but do press forty basis points more by October. So you know does seem to be you know that resilience in the data, that stalling in the disinflation process does mean that you know that conditional pause from January does look to be on on borrowed time but may not be as soon as um as soon as tonight well, yeah, but we were saying that yesterday about the RBA. So <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, good to talk, Taylor. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. And that's it. That's the morning call for this Wednesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again for another one tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening. See you then.